Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. This morning, we're continuing our series, God With Us. And we've had a real fun time these last couple of weeks of talking about just what has happened as a result of God being here. And really, the last two weeks, we've focused on the gift of giving, just that God gave us. And this week, we're going to shift a little bit more towards a bit more of a Christmas spirit. And I'm just going to open up, but before I do, uh, starting this next year, we are going to kick it off, and we'd love to have you join us. This is what we're going to do. Maybe you've done this before. Maybe you never have. But we are going to encourage everybody to do a 21, to start the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, So next week, we will talk about that a little bit more and kind of the who, what, when, where, and why, the benefits of how to, how to do it, how to get the most out of it. But what we want to do is we want next year to be amazing. And it's not going to be amazing just because it's 2019. It's going to be amazing because we make it that way. It really, really is. Um, everybody ends up somewhere. Few people end up somewhere on purpose. And we're going to be purposeful from the very beginning. And I do believe that when we take, whether it's the first of our finances, the first of our day, the first of anything, but when we give that to God, including the first of our year, and we say, God, I'm going to honor you right out of the door. I'm going to seek you first. I want your blessing on the rest, that we see God's blessing come into what we're doing. Because we know, and you've heard us say this over and over, God doesn't bless what we ask him to. God's blessing is on his way. And so let's just, we're going to start out the year and say, God, we want this year to go your way. We want your word. We want you to speak to us in every way you possibly can. So I encourage you, be here next week. If you've never done a fast, you will love it. You'll hate it, but you'll love it too. If you've done them before, it is a great thing. I encourage you to just jump back in with us. It is a great thing to do and to do again and say, all right, I'm going to do it again. It was great last year. Let's jump in. But let's start with this week. God with us, part three, and I want to read from Matthew chapter one, and I'm going to skip right down to verse 23, and we're going to start right here, and this is what it says. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And we're talking about that. We sang Emmanuel. We sang it this morning, and often I think about this. I think about God became man, he was Jesus, was born, he was all man, and he was all God. I think, what would it have been like to have been there at that time? Anybody ever feel like, you, like maybe you were just born in the wrong era? Like anybody like, oh, you know, this, this might not have been my era. Well, I look and sometimes I'm like, it would have been so much fun to be there when Jesus was walking the earth. Anybody ever think that? Read the Bible and be like, I'd love to have been there for that. There's some verses that I would really love to have been there for. When I read about Jesus, there was a blind man that came to Jesus, and he goes to heal him, which I think would have been amazing to see, but Jesus, he, he, he had fun, and there was a blind man, and so he took some mud. Well, actually, he took some dirt, spit in it like a, like spit in it, like hacky, nasty, and then he puts it on a blind man's eyes. What would you do if we started doing that here? You'd be like, I don't go to that church anymore. I don't know. I don't know. But then again, then again, he does that, but then here's what he does. Then he sends a blind man on an errand. He says, go and wash in the pool. But as a result, 
the blind man can now see. I would love to have been there for that. I'd love to have been there. There's so many things I'd love to be there for. I really would have loved to have been in the boat when Jesus and his disciples were headed across and all of a sudden this huge storm comes up. The boat is about to sink. Jesus is still sleeping. The disciples freak out. They're like, wake up. Don't you care? We're going to die. They're freaking out. And Jesus gets up, speaks to the wind, and it obeys. And the wind dies and the lake just becomes calm. I would love to have been there for that. And there's just over and over and over as you read through the Bible, you see all these miracles and the things that Jesus did. People, they just, they just touch the hem of his garment and they're healed. He speaks to people. They listen. It, it was amazing. The Pharisees, the leaders of the day, they come to him. They're trying to trip him up and to, to trick him with all these weird questions. And finally, it just says, and they, they just stopped asking him questions because they they couldn't trick him, and his answers were so good. I would love to have been there for that. Love to. But, and that's what a lot of us think is, but. And now I want to read, we're going to go to John. And I would argue that this is probably the most unbelieved scripture in the whole Bible. If you believe the Bible, this is probably the hardest to believe, and it is this. And I do believe the Bible, by the way every bit of it. And it's this. Oh, no, not Matthew. We're going to go to Hebrews. Nope, we'll go to John 16. It's unbelievable. I can't even find it. John 16, verse 5. But now, this is Jesus talking. He's talking to his disciples. Some of your Bibles will have this in red. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking, where am I going? Wait for it. It's coming. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. Verse 7, this is the one I'm talking about. But, in fact, it is better for you that I go away. Anybody believe that? Like, wait, 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 wait a second. It's better if you go away? And then he goes on and he says, Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. This whole, this, this message series is called God With Us. And yet, Jesus is now talking. He says, I'm going to leave. Because he was here. Right? He walked the earth. He was here. He was born. He bled. He died. But then he left. Yet, the title of this is God With Us. And this is what Jesus said to his disciples that I think sometimes we find so hard to believe. Because I think, man, what if Jesus was here now? But he said, it's better that I go. If I go, I'll send the advocate. Some of your translations will say the Spirit. Some of it will say the Helper. Some of it will say the Holy Spirit. He says, I will send the Holy Spirit. If I don't go, he will not come. See, God is with us. He did not walk the earth then. As we celebrate at Christmas and we go home and we celebrate that Jesus came. Well, he came, but he sent his Spirit. God is three in one. He is Father. He is Son. He is Holy Ghost. So He is here with us today. He's here with us. And God, Jesus, believed so much in what the Holy Spirit would do in each of our lives that He said, It's better that I go because then He will come. And I wonder, like, what, 
what it would be. And I think, okay, what are the advantages? Why, why is it better that the Holy Spirit be here? And a couple of things I can come up with are this. One is if Jesus was walking the earth, he'd be in one place. The Holy Spirit could be with each and every one of us. If Jesus was here, would I be able to get to him? Would I be able to find him? I don't know. We all have access to the Holy Spirit. God sent his spirit to us. God is with us. I think one of the times that we question that the most is when things aren't going really well. When things aren't going well, I think probably the most often where we say, you know what, is God really here when things aren't going well? Proverbs 24.10 says this. It says, if you falter in times of trouble, how little is your strength? And I think we can look at, at the trouble that we have in our life. Any time that something comes against us, any time, it's going to show our strength. It really is. But I think the times that we question whether God is really with us the most are when we don't feel like he is. We don't feel and often, because of the presence of a storm, we doubt the presence of God. We say, well, if God was with me, would, would this happen? How, how did I get into this mess? Or how do I get through this mess? What am I supposed to do with this mess? And so we're going to take some time here. We're going to go into Acts. And we're going to actually look at Paul. And Paul was actually a prisoner at this time, and he's being taken to Rome to go stand before Caesar. And this, this picture of his journey, I believe, is in here for more than just, hey, this is what happened between point A and point B, but as an example for us to see on how we can weather storms as well. So we're going to start in Acts chapter 27, verse 9. Now, much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous because it was now after the feast or day of atonement. So Paul warned them. So Paul is a prisoner. Okay, they're getting on a ship. They're getting ready to go. There's a centurion guard, and this is what Paul says. Men, I can see our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives. So Paul warns these guys. Right then and there, he's like, this is a bad idea. Verse 11, but the centurion, instead of listening to Paul, said, what Paul said, he followed the advice of the pilot, of the owner of the ship. You ever listen to the wrong advice? You look back and you're like, they, they were right. But who, but honestly, if you look at this story, who would you listen to? Would you listen to the prisoner or would you listen to the expert, right? The guy who's actually driving the ship or the owner, the one who's going to lose his ship if, if something was to go wrong. Who would you listen to? Would you listen to the doctors or are you going to listen to what the Bible says. Are you, who, who is it that you would listen to? Is it the person that just talks the loudest? Well, this is you know, my, my teacher, my coach. This is, this is just you know, the person that I've always looked up to. My uncle's always been this to me. This is who I would listen to. I think this really points out so well just the importance of the people who are, we allow to speak in to our lives. And I don't know if you've already been on and you've already found a small group if you've already gone on there, but I so, we would love every single person to be in a small group where they have people who are speaking into their lives 
on a good level. Somebody who can be objective and somebody who can say, actually, somebody who will look at them and say, I don't think that's wise. I don't think you should go. Or somebody who would look at them and say, I think this is what God's telling me, that this is a bad idea. Somebody that will speak to us. It's so, so important. Verse 12, we keep going. But since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority, gotta love that, right? Just go with the flow. Because that'll never steer you wrong, ever. So the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. Why? This was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. Like, this is the best place to go. This is where we need to go. This is, it's going to be nice. It's facing the right direction. This is where we should go in winter. This is where we should go. Verse 13, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought they'd obtained what they wanted. I think this can get us into some trouble. Have you ever thought you got what you wanted? Have you ever thought that? Have you ever thought, well, this is Mr. Right? You're like, yes, I've been waiting. This is who I am looking for. You get married and you're like, that wasn't Mr. Right. It was Mr. Right all the time. And you're like, really, this is not what I bargained for. Have you ever thought you got what you wanted? Don't laugh too loud. People are like, who's that over there? But have you ever thought you got what you wanted? That's what they did. They thought they had what they wanted. And here's the thing, over and over, when, when we think we have what we want or what we're looking for, whether it's a career, whether it's a job, a relationship, we get into a college, something that's just kind of been in our, our hearts or our desires to do, that person finally says yes, we get to go on a date. The minute we think we get what we want, that's the time we are the most blind the very most blind. And that's the time that we need to pray more than any other when we think we know the answer because we are so blind to the things around us, so blind when we think we have what we want. Those are the times that we need to pray the most and say, God, I, I think I'm right in this. I think I'm right in this. You might be in the storm and you think, this is the way out of it. This is what I need to do to get out of it. Let me say this, pray. If you think you know, that's the time you need to pray the most. Most of us, though, it's the other way around. When we don't know, that's when we pray. We're like, I don't know what to do. Time to pray. Plan B, I don't know. And we pray. If you open up our Bibles, like do the little like God lead me thing. Like what, what, are, you, what are you leading me to? But the truth is, when we are, we're the most vulnerable when we think we found what we're looking for, whether it's a relationship, a job, um, it doesn't, doesn't matter what it, we pray. I encourage you, pray, pray, pray. There's a verse in the Bible talking about um, the Israelites. They had just come in and they're taking over what would be, become Israel, the land of Israel, and they just like destroyed Jericho which was the city that nobody could destroy. Nobody could get in. God did an amazing thing, knocked the walls down. They go in, and suddenly somebody shows up to see the Israelites. And they say, hey, they come up, and they're like doing this whole panting thing like, oh, we finally made it. We've come so far, and we've heard just how amazing you are. And wow, you guys just destroyed all these cities, and oh, it was a really long trip really long trip. Like, look at my shoes are worn out. Like, these were brand new shoes when I started. I'm paraphrasing, but this is, this is, this is it. 
This is what they do. They're like, these are brand new shoes. And man, here's what we want to do. You guys are amazing and you're great. So what we want to do is we want to make a treaty with you. And the Israelite leaders get together and they say, well, we don't know you from Adam. Like, maybe that's not exactly what they said, but it's probably pretty close. And, and they said, you could be a neighbor. You could be close. And they said, nah, come here. Come over here. Look at, look in the back of my, my minivan. And they, the, probably a donkey or something. So they, they pull out the bag out of, out of the back of the donkey and uh, side of the donkey, wherever it would be. And they pull out a loaf of bread and they're like, look, this loaf of bread is moldy. It was brand new when we left. And so the leaders, they looked at them, they looked at their clothes, and like, obviously, they came from far away. And so they made a treaty of them. They made a treaty with them. And then the next line, it says this, and they did not inquire of the Lord. And that's something that really jumped out at me. And that's like, in my, in my Bible, that's like highlighted like too many times. I don't know what color it was originally, because every time I go through the Bible, I take a different highlighter and I go through it. And I'm like, it, it, it's all messed up. It says that they did not inquire of the Lord. They looked, they saw the circumstances and they thought, this is what I want. This is what we need. This is what we need. Yeah, we'll make a treaty with these guys. If we ever do need help, they'll, they'll be there. And then you look and sure enough, it was all a ruse. And they come to him and they say, you tricked us. Why did you trick us? And they're like, because we didn't want you to kill us, obviously. Hello, we tricked you. When we think we know is when we're the most vulnerable, when we don't inquire. If you think you know, then go ahead and pray. When we think we know is when we are so, so vulnerable, so vulnerable. As we go on in verse 13. The winds came. They said, this is what we need. So they, they weighed anchor, and they sailed along the shore of Crete. But before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. And I think it's crazy that they actually named a wind. They named it. They're like, oh, no, we know what this one is. You ever do that? You ever name for your storm? Like, this is what it is. My storm is called teenagers. Like, there, there it is. Like, this is, this is what it is. My storm is it's my job. It's my horrible boss. It's this. And we, we put names and labels on them. And they did right here. Mine is divorce. This, this is my storm. This is what it is. And they, they name it. They're like, this is what it is. We've got it identified. Verse 15. So the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So they gave way to it and were driven along. And I think this is a great picture of storms in life. Where there are some storms where they come and you don't feel like you're the one driving anymore. But that storm is pushing you. It's pushing events. It's pushing sequences in your life. People are showing things that you wouldn't actually normally do, but you find yourself in what you're doing just almost being pushed through. And you're like, I don't want to do this. How did this happen? What did I do like six months ago that suddenly this is coming up, that this is happening? You thought you were in control. Maybe you thought you could control it. You said, this isn't a problem. This isn't an issue. But you find yourself being driven along by something that you thought you could control. You thought, oh, well, I'll just look this one time. I'll just have one drink. I won't do this. I'll just say this. And then suddenly you find it is driving you. Verse 16. And as we passed to the lee of a small island called Kuda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. Verse 17. When the men had hoisted it aboard, 
They passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together, fearing that they would be run aground on some sandbars. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. Now they're not even trying to stop. It's not like, I thought I had control of this thing. Now they drop anchor just to slow down. They're like, I know this thing is out of control. I know this behavior is just, it's, it's driving me. And they're just, they're moving along. They're being pushed along. Verse 18, we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day that we began to throw the cargo overboard. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard. They got so desperate that they actually threw not just the cargo, not just what they were carrying with them, but they threw what they needed to survive the tackle. That's what they need to, sh- to sail. They have to have the tackle to sail. Without it, they're not going to be able to sail. And they're like, all we need to do is survive. And there are times, there are storms that we go through where it is that exact same. We are throwing out absolutely everything, what we thought we could control. It's been pushing us. And then we were like, you know what? It's, we, we tried throwing out an anchor. It didn't work. It was just driving us along. And there's the times where you just absolutely completely let go. And you're like, I cannot do this. I cannot do this on my own. There's absolutely nothing. And that is, that is where these guys are. There's like nothing that we can do. They throw out what they need to survive. They're like, we need help. Verse 20 when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. They're like, no, I know I can't stop. I know there's nothing that I can do. There's not not an amount of money that will solve this for me. There there is nothing. There's not an, an amount of people or somebody who could show up that could solve this. It is over. They are like completely, they're like, we are done. We are done. Verse 21. After the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice. Paul stood up in the middle of the storm with an I told you so. Is that not slightly like really? Like everybody's already like not eating food. They've already decided that they're going to die. They're like giving up. Like we're going to die. And Paul stands up and is like, I told you so. Should have listened to me. And I just, I'm like, really? Like, Paul, like, was he just, like, human? And this was just him being like, I'm here because you made me. I'm in these chains. Or was this, like, divine where it's like, you really should have done it? I don't know. But I, I love that he does this. Like, whoa. He says, you should have taken my advice and not sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Verse 23, last night an angel of the God who I, who, God whose I am and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid. I, I want to read that just one more time. They're sailing across. He's already said that you should have listened to me. He says, but now I urge you to keep courage. And I think it's so easy to look back and say, yes. Because hindsight is twenty twenty. You ever do that? You make a decision, whether it's buy something, sell something, break something, build something, whatever it is, marry something, whatever it is, and you look back and you're like, I should have listened to. I should have listened to. It's easy to look back and be like, well, I see where I went wrong. But then he goes on and he says this, but keep courage because 
God, he's not here saying, well, an angel came and told me that you should have listened to me already. And because you didn't, you're screwed. Like too bad. Well, you had your chance. That's not how God works. But that's sometimes how we assume he works. We look and we say, well, I probably should have known better. And so we're afraid to actually go to God with an issue because we think, no, I should have. When the truth is, God was with us the entire time. He was with us. He doesn't walk away. The Bible says that God will never leave us nor forsake us. And the leaving part, that's easy. Leave is he doesn't walk away. But he says, he will also never, never forsake you. And that means he never does this. He never turns his back on us. He never does that. He says, it's not that I will never physically leave you. That's true. He says, but also I will never forsake you. It doesn't matter what you've done, what you haven't done, opportunities that you've missed, opportunities that you've taken that you never should have. God says, I will not turn my back on you. No matter where you are, no matter what storm you're in, no matter how lost you feel you are, God's looking. He says, I see you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Never. And he comes in and Paul says, take courage. Last night, an angel of the God whom I'm, whose I am and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid. No, the storm was still going on. But he said, don't be afraid. The Bible talks about the peace, the peace that passes all understanding that comes through the knowledge of God. And here's what that peace is. It's not situational. I think all of us, we recognize natural peace. You can look at a lake and it's just glass, like super peaceful. Maybe you look at it and you just want to take a picture. Maybe you look at it and you're like, I got to go water skiing. Like I got to rip that up. That'd be so much fun to cut through the water. Maybe you're like, I want to swim. But we, we, we can recognize that peace. But the peace that it's talking about here, the storm is still raging. And it's not a peace because of where you are, but because of whose you are. And Paul said it. He said, the God of whose I am, I am his. And the God of whom I serve. You can have peace in a storm. Not because no fairy just showed up. Paul didn't grab a little fairy. It wasn't Neverland. He started sprinkling fairy dust on everybody like, fly to land, fly to land. That didn't happen. You're looking at me like, that's crazy. Because yeah, that would be. But often that's what we want God to do in our problems. We want little fairies to show up and sprinkle dust on them to make them go away. And I'd love it too. But what I love about this is he shows you can have peace in the storm, not because of the surroundings. And yes, things might be crazy at work, but you look and you say, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And yeah, things are a little crazy, but we've chosen to, be, to use wisdom with our finances and this job might go away, but God's going to supply what's next. And yeah, there's a lot of turmoil going on right now in, this, in, in my industry and what's here. But he is going to supply, and I'm going to trust in him. We can look at these relationships and say, you know, there's a lot of unnecessary friction and, and, and just the crazy drama, the drama of relationships, and just be like, <laughs> And be like, you know what, God, you're going to see me through. I can't control another person, but God, I'm going to work on me. God, show me what I can do differently. Show me what I 
can do. I want your peace in this. And we can have peace in the midst of storms. And that's exactly what happens. Exactly. Because the angel appeared to him and said this. He said, you must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. I love those three little words, who sail with you. That's four, who? But sail with you. We'll go with three again. Sail with you. Looking at this, remember, Paul didn't charter this ship. He's a prisoner. He's not even going where he wants to go. They're taking him where they want to take him. Yet, the angel appears to Paul and says, those who sail with you. And I think sometimes we think, I'm, you just think, I'm on a ride. I really can't do anything about this. This really isn't about me. But the angel appears to Paul and says, they're sailing with you. They may think that you're sailing with them, that you're a prisoner, but we're getting you exactly where you need to be. And you are going to get there. You are going to appear before Caesar. And you might sit here and go, well, God never told me I was going to appear before Caesar. You're right, he didn't. But I can go to his word, and his word says, with long life, he will satisfy you and show you your, his salvation. And you can hold on to that and say, God, this storm that I'm going through, I'm holding on to this. Because you said with long life, you will satisfy me. I'm not satisfied yet. If you are, that's your long life. I'm not. I want a whole lot more. God, I'm going to hold on to this. You said it. And we look at our situations and so often think that we're just along for the ride. That we are along for the ride. But the truth is that they are sailing with you. You're not sailing with them. Years ago, I was, uh, one, of, one of my first jobs, I learned, learned how to install carpet. And I worked for this man, uh, Mark Duvall. He was a riot. We installed carpet, but we also laughed. We laughed a lot. We had a lot, a lot of fun working together. And when he hired me, we, he had some jobs. And so we would work a little bit. And, uh, but once, once he hired me, we started getting a lot, a lot more jobs. And so it was, it was busy, and we ended up working a ton. And every now and then, he would be like, oh, I'm not working tomorrow. And I'm, I'd show up the next day, and we'd go to the back of the, the van. It was a installed carpet. So you'd open up the back of the van, and I'd be like, okay, well, these supplies are missing, and this has moved over here. I'm like, you worked yesterday, didn't you? And he's like, yeah, I couldn't afford to pay you. I'm like, what? What do you mean you couldn't afford to pay me? I'm like, you better watch it. He goes, what? I said, you think you're getting all these jobs because you're good. I said, but God's blessing you because you're blessing me, and you take me out of the equation, and that blessing might not be there. And I, we joked around about this. And one day he came to me, and he goes, I think you're right. I go, what? He goes, I actually looked at it, and when you're on a job with me, even though I'm paying you, he goes, my wife told me I make more money when I pay you than when I don't. And I go, that's right. So better watch out. <laughs> and we joked around with it. And it was. It was really, really fun. And he was, he was a family friend. It was great. But the truth of the matter is, some of our situations, that is absolutely true. That you felt out of control and that other people are just taking you on a trip that you have no control over. And God looks and he says, I am with you in this. And you think you're on this, but that's not the truth. They're sailing with you. They're coming with you. 
And when we submit, here's what God's word says. It says, God works all things for the good of those that love and serve him. And we say, God, I give you this situation. It's absolutely horrible. This isn't what it's supposed to be. But God, I'm going to deal with it your way. We get the best results we possibly can. The best outcome. It's not fairy dust. But it is something where God says, I am going to get you to the other side. And you're going to look and you're going to begin to use this. You're going to use it to glorify me, to build the kingdom of God, and to help other people. I don't know whether you are in a storm. I hope not. Maybe recently out of a storm. But here's what I do know. God is with us. As we're celebrating Christmas, we're not celebrating that he came and left. But we're celebrating that he is with us, that we have his spirit with us, that we can reach out, that we can pray, and he is with us. It doesn't matter how high, how low, whether you're on the toppest mountain, deepest valley, or scuba diving some deep, deep canyon, God is with us. Whether you're on the mountaintop and feeling like everything is really good, or you are in a valley, you're in this crazy pit, and you're like, I don't know how it could get any worse. God is with you, and when we reach out to him, he reaches out to us. Of us to seek and we'll find, knock and the door will be opened. And I just hope that you are, if you're here today, do not think, do not think for a minute that you're waiting on God. God is waiting on you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. When I, when I say that verse, I get this picture of like God's behind the door being like, just open it, I'm ready. Like, I am so ready. He's not like sitting back in a chair, but he's like, Samuel's going to open it. Here he comes. Yeah, I'm ready. I've got something for him. Here it comes. And I reach for the handle, and he like kind of winds up. Like, yep, here I get to go. And I really do believe that that is a picture of what God has for us. He wants it. So often we think, too often we think we are waiting for God. And he's like, no, I want to bless you right where you are. It's not fairy dust, but we submit to his will in what we're doing, and we watch circumstances change and shift. The storm didn't go away, but their lives were saved. They lost cargo. There were decisions that they made that they shouldn't have made, but their lives were saved. They all made it to shore, every one of them. And we can have that peace inside storms. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.